I'm Seth Day. I use he, they pronouns. And I'm Rebecca Hackmeyer, and I use she, her pronouns. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Rad, Rad Child, Child Podcast. Podcast. to another episode of Way to Go and Room to Grow. Um, before we get started, I should have a quick disclaimer uh, slash apology for my voice. I am a little sick. Um, the, the bad news is that I'm sick and you have to deal with my voice and uh, periodic coughing. The good news is I don't have COVID. I got tested. So oh, God. That's good. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm sipping my honey tea here and trying to uh, have sometimes like there is a certain register that if I try to make noises, it just doesn't come out. So we'll see what happens <laughs> as I try to oh. talk. <laughs> uh, do you, I mean, uh, we can edit this out. Do you want to record today or do you want to, do you want to wait? Oh, it's, oh yeah, it's totally fine. Um, okay. I just, I just don't want you to strain your voice. Apologies for, oh, um, yeah, it's okay. Um, okay. But overall, not so bad. At least I can make sounds. <laughs> Good. Um, at any rate, oh, there's one more thing Bef- before we jump into our topic today. Actually, I uh, I wanted to talk about recently we covered the topic of anxiety, and between when we covered the topic and now, I actually an author reached out to me with a really really amazing book about anxiety. So I quickly wanted to just plug that book, um, and that is called How to Tame Your Anxiety Monster, um, mm. and it is written and illustrated by Melanie Hawkins. I won't go into like a big in-depth thing about it, but I just, you should definitely check it out. It's, it's what, I mean, I, (laughs) I had my uh, anxiety, um, what do you call it? Sensitivity reader, AKA my wife uh, who has anxiety read this book with me and we were both like blown away. Uh, It's just really, really incredible. Has some really just like every page we were like, yes, yes, yes. Um, Cover some really great stuff. Uh, and, um, and so I would definitely, I would definitely check that one out and it has some really great back matter and things too. You could tell that it's, you know, I was talking to the author a little bit about it and saying how much I liked it. And she was, you know, you can tell, like I, she had told me that she had like three therapists look it over and, you know, she really did her due diligence in making sure that it was accurate. Um, and so I would highly recommend that. But anyway, aside from, aside from anxiety, uh, let's uh, let's move on to our topic today, which is self love and self care, um, which I thought sort of fit nicely into one another. Um, so, well, I totally lost my train of thought. I'm, I'm a, I apologize. I'm also a little foggy. Uh, when I went to the, this is this is some more fun side note, but when I went to the um, when we went to the clinic, the COVID clinic, I they asked my phone number, and I just looked at Cat. I was like, I don't. I don't know. And they asked my, like, my postal code, too. I, like, totally blanked. I was just like, ah, I don't know who I am. I don't know where I live. Like, that is, wild. that's a little worrisome. You're, you're really sick. Oh, you know yeah, what? It's, it was it's little... And it's because your family is on the, the family that for whom you work is on vacation. Your body was like, and now it's time to release <laughs> Shut all down. of this. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't so, that how well, it always got, happens? They got me sick. The kids were sick and they got me sick. Oh, oh my gosh. Jumping into our topic. Today, we are talking about self-love and self-care, which are two topics that I felt were close enough that we could talk about them together. Um, And I think it's something that we don't talk about enough with kids because I I think a lot of times we don't do it enough for ourselves. Um, I know as an adult, like that's something that I've had to learn. Like I didn't, I mean, I think the concept of self-care is becoming more common, um, sort of the language is becoming more common, but I mean, that's something that I didn't really hear like those words talked about until I was probably in my mid twenties, um, you know, an adult. And so I think it's really important to talk about that stuff with kids and how we need to listen to our bodies and take care of ourselves. And in order to be able to, you know, do other things, it's like Maslow's hierarchy of needs, y'all. Like we gotta, we gotta do the baseline mm-hmm. stuff before we can take care of all the other stuff. For sure. Yeah, absolutely. So, so anyway, I have three books today. Uh, the first one I wanted to talk about is called Listening with My Heart. Uh, and that is by Gabby Garcia, uh, who is a counselor and former teacher. And it is illustrated by Ying Hui Tan, who is uh, originally from Malaysia, but currently in the UK. Uh, and it is uh, published by Take Heart Press. 
And basically, uh, sort of to sum it up, it's about a little girl who is sort of focusing on being kind to other people, and through that, kind of learns to be kind to her, realizes that she's not being super kind to herself. Um, and so basically, it's like the it's the day of the big play that you know she's in. Um, the little girl's name is Esperanza, and it's the day of the big play, and so she's like excited and a little nervous, and um, and she uh, and so she she finds this little rock that's in the shape of a heart. And so she decides that it, you know, it's going to, it's going to help her, um, help remind her to put her heart into everything she does. So she like puts it in her pocket and keeps it with her. And so all these, you know, little things happen. Like on the way to school, she finds a cat. <laughs> this is one of my favorite little things in the book is that she goes, mom, can we keep Cleopatra? She names the cat Cleopatra. <laughs> which I love. And her mom's like, okay, like if the cat's still here after school, it's like a strike kitten. So like, if the cat's still here after school, we can keep it. Right. Uh, and so she, but she like feeds, you know, the cat a little bit of lunch from her lunchbox and goes to school. And then she sees there's this um, immigrant, uh, this Vietnamese kid in her class and who doesn't speak a whole lot of English. And she sees him kind of looking a little sullen on a bench and she, there's a soccer. I don't know why there's randomly a soccer ball there, you know, if it's his or whatever, but she sort of kicks a ball towards him and they start playing you know, even though they can't communicate verbally, they're, they're playing. And I think one of my, again, another one of my favorite, like, just the writing in this book is so good. There's a line that they're playing soccer together. It says, a smile spread across Bao's face. That's that boy's name. He stood, popped the ball in the air, then bounced it between his knee and head a few times. Dude's got moves, thought Esperanza. <laughs> I just love the idea of this little kid being like, dude's got moves. <laughs> oh, and so they're, yeah, so they're, you know, playing together. And then uh, at at class, you know, during their now at school and in class, she asks to borrow the teacher's Vietnamese English dictionary and draws a little picture of the two of them playing and writes friend on it in Vietnamese and puts it on his desk. Um, and so, you know, all these kind of little things happen where she's, you know, being kind to others, whatever. And then it's time for the big play and she kind of, you know, she like comes out and she immediately trips and then like forgets all of her lines and it's just feeling like she ruined the whole play. Um, and, and, you know, it's really being hard on herself and saying a lot of like, has a lot of like, you know, I'm such a dummy, you know, a lot of this like harmful self-talk. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and then Bao comes over and he has drawn a picture of her and written friend on it. And this makes her, helps her realize, you know, that she has, she's been being kind to everyone else, but hasn't really been a friend to herself. Um, and, you know, she's thinking about all these times throughout the week when she messed something up in soccer and she did this wrong and that wrong and how, you know, she's been not treating herself like a friend. Right. Um, and uh, it says, listening with her heart wasn't just about giving kindness and love to others. It was about giving it to herself, too. I can be a friend to myself, thought Esperanza. Um, hmm. And so then, you know, she goes home and gets some needed cuddles from mom and Cleopatra. <laughs> um, and then there's some really wonderful back matter. Um, it starts with some days stink. Which is true. <laughs> uh, there's some re- really great back matter about how to listen with your heart, being your own friend. There's a little bit of like workbook, workbook stuff in the back. Mm. Um, and uh, what I, my way to goes are definitely, I mean, I love that it's, I mean, Gabby Garcia um, is a woman of color. So she added her, you know, she took her own personal hearts and experience and put that into this character, which I appreciate. Um, and then, uh, she, I like, you know, that she's reaching out. We're talking about immigrants and having, you know, someone in her class who's an immigrant reaching out um, to them, even though, you know, being able to communicate in other ways through than speech, uh, I think is really awesome. Um, it's, and it's honestly, like, I had a lot of trouble finding books about sort of being a friend to yourself, which I think is a really important, I know, I mean, it's a really important thing. I know that my, I do, that's sort of a mechanism coping mechanism I do a lot with my wife when she's being hard on herself I'm like don't say that about my wife mm-hmm. like how dare you or I'm like you know yeah. like, would you like would you say that to me like if I was if I did that thing or mess up that thing would you be like Seth you're a failure like no you know <laughs> and you shouldn't be saying that to. I mean I hope you wouldn't say that to me right um, but you know I, I think that's a really useful mechanism for kids and adults to be like hey if I'm saying that to myself would I say that to a friend 
um, to re recognize when we're being sort of hard on ourselves. Uh, the illustrations are absolutely gorgeous. They're like super painterly. They're just like really, really beautiful illustrations. Um, I also like in the back, they talk about naming what you're feeling, which I think is really important. And again, that's, I've talked about this before, but like as an adult in therapy, like that's something that I've done with therapists before where it's like, what are you feeling right now? You know, and I think it's important to put names to things. Um, and also uh, just paying attention to self-talk, I think is really important. Uh, like we were talking about before. The really like, again, if I was being super nitpicky, the only thing that I could say about the book is there isn't a lot of ability diversity as far as my room to grow. Um, but again, that's just us being idealistic and nitpicky. <laughs> mm -hmm. they can all, we can always do a little better, right? <laughs> right. Um, but overall, I think it's a really great book. It's really beautiful. Um, it's also available on Kindle Unlimited, which is how I have access to it. So if you have Kindle Unlimited, you can get this great book. Awesome. Um, yeah. And then my my next book is actually also by Gabby Garcia. She's made some really great books. Um, and this one is called I Can Do Hard Things, uh, written by Gabby Garcia, again, and illustrated by Charity Russell. And that's published by Skinned Knee Publishing. And basically, it's uh, it's just sort of a book of affirmations. Um, so I'll just sort of read a little bit of it. Um, so it's I Can Do Hard Things, Mindful Affirmations for Kids. And so it starts out, I don't always feel brave, confident, or strong. Sometimes it's easier to follow others along. I get so many messages about how I should be pulled in different directions. I feel wobbly. When this mm -hmm. happens, I listen for that quiet voice inside. When I pay attention, that voice is my guide. And so then it um, sort of talks about things that we can do, right? Like I could be a friend to myself. I can feel all my feelings. I can ask for help. I can try again rather than give up. I can believe in myself. And so it has all these quote unquote, you know, hard things that we can do, right? Like I can speak up when it would be easier to stay quiet. And it shows, you know, a kid getting a grown up when someone's bullying someone on the playground. Mm. Or, um, I can say no, even to my friends, which I really like. Um, and it has, you know, all these different things. I can apologize. I can forgive. I can listen uh, to understand different points of view. Um, and it just sort of has all these little little affirmations in it that I think are really great. And another another thing that I really love is there's a line that says, what's hard for me may not be hard for you, um, which I think is really important to acknowledge that we all have different, you know, things that we struggle with. And um, it makes me think a lot about spoon theory, which we've talked about before. Like, for example, for someone with a disability, like, I, you know, my wife, for example, right? Like, for her, it, it might be hard just to get out of bed, like, that might be a hard thing for her as opposed to me where like that's something I take for granted and it's not that hard or like making a phone call really hard for her for me not a big deal you know and there are things vice versa that are like hard for me that aren't hard for her and so I think that that's like a really valid thing that it's not just like these are all the hard things um but like that some things are harder for other than others for certain people right um, I also I also really like it's really racially and culturally diverse and there are also in this one uh, it's a different illustrator and there are really um, a lot of diverse abilities there's a couple of kids with uh, prosthetic legs there's a couple of, um, I think that might be the only I don't know I'd have to look through it again to see if there's more than that but there's definitely at least a couple of uh, kids with different abilities and there's also as somebody who this is my third set of twins that I've nannied I really appreciate that there's twin representation in this book um, <laughs> it's actually something that's kind of few and far between um it's hard to find twin representation in books so I thought that that was nice that there's a set of twins how interesting I hadn't thought about that yeah it's something honestly that's not represented a lot unless it's a book like we are twins you know um and right. even those are kind of hard to find um, I've stumbled across a couple at the library, but yeah, so I really appreciated that. Um, the only, uh, honestly, again, this is if I'm being super nitpicky, like the illustration style isn't my personal favorite, like it's fine. Um, there's nothing wrong with it, but I just prefer like more painterly kind of stuff. I guess as an artist, I'm like a little nitpicky about illustrations, but I mean, that's again, me being like, if I had to say something, um, overall, I think it's a really great book. Uh, just of like little affirmations for kids. Um, yeah. Really like. Oh no, I'm just I'm just uh, kind of scrolling through it. I like the the affirmations that you pointed out. Like I think that the the messaging behind them is. I mean, it, it's nice that in addition to 
it them being affirmations, right? They're affirmations that align with kind of our values around like inclusivity mm-hmm. and representation yeah. and like social justice, right? So it's more than just, I am kind, I am strong. It's like, it's the yeah, messaging yeah, yeah, is really exactly. upholding these really important values, particularly for but, this moment in time. I like there's, there's one too, that's like, oh, here we go. There's someone in a wheelchair and someone with a dog that could, I mean, could be a, a service dog. I don't know. Could just be their dog. Um, but there's a an image where it says we all walk through the world differently, and it's a bunch of kids walking around a globe, and we see all different kinds of people. Um, and then there's uh, there's also which I always find I'm always excited when it's not just like we have one person like this and one person like that. Like there are multiple people wearing hijabs. There are multiple people with prosthesis. There are multiple people of color. It's not just like we checked the box, you know. Um, right which I really appreciate in the illustrations there's someone with a yarmulke um and I I really appreciate that I really also like the I can listen and understand different points of view um and there's all sorts of different kids sitting around and talking to each other I can take care of my community you know there's a lot of really great great things in there like I said the saying no um even to my friends and it shows like there's two kids on bicycles and the one kid's like dad nah, rather read my book <laughs> you right, know right Which I, I relate I relate to kid reading yeah book. <laughs> I, well I think that that and that is such that is such a powerful message for kids like that to not that you yes. get to you get to choose what it what resonates for you you do not need to you do not need to just always be an extrovert and be a part of the crowd and go along mm-hmm. with what your friends are doing, right? Like both well, when they're doing something quote unquote wrong and when they're doing something that just isn't your jam in that moment, Yeah, you know? Well, it just, it makes me think about, I think that there's this kind of hard balance because on the one hand, excuse me, on the one hand, we're telling kids, I'm an adult, <laughs> like you have to listen to what I say. I know the right things. Like it's bedtime it's time for lunch. It's time for this, right? You have to listen. There's no negotiation. And then on the other hand, we're like, but also you have autonomy over your body. Um, and so it's like this tricky balance, I think, to tell kids when, uh, you know, when they do in fact have autonomy over their body and when they, when we, and they kind of have to listen to us. And I think that that can also be, you know, hard for them when other then when other kids are sort of telling them, well, we're doing this now to remind them like, oh, in that situation, you, you don't have to listen and just do whatever someone says. So I think it's kind of this tricky thing for them to learn because on the one hand, we're telling them one thing. And on the other hand, we're like, but no. (laughs) Right. Um, I think it's hard to sort of draw as an adult to draw that line and explain when it is and when it isn't. And I think like a sort of not, I don't want to call it a trick that I use, but it is kind of a trick is a lot of times I'll give kids options. I'll be like, do you want to do this first or this first? Um, So both the things get done, but they get like to choose which order they do it in. Um, Exactly. But but, Agency uh, within the, within the boundaries. Yes, exactly. But anyway, I really, yes, I I agree that I really like that. Um, It's not just like, you're great you're awesome you know you're smart which is also like there was another book uh it was the uh love your body by jessica sanders that we talked Mm. about that there was one page that was like you are this you are that and i was like you don't know me (laughs) (laughs) Um, you know like maybe i don't feel like i'm particularly that thing you know what i mean like right i i appreciate where this this book is more like these are things you can I can do this I can do that it's not you are um Mm, which I think is mm -hmm. a big distinction between telling me who I am and telling me what I can do right that's a really really good point these are all things that aren't ability based you know what I mean like uh, for the most part I mean with the exception of speaking in that maybe not everybody can speak uh but for the most part there are things that you know like trying again, believing in yourself, feeling your feelings. Uh, it's, you know, they're not, it's not like you can climb a tree or like, you know, I don't know. Right. It's not like right. That are based on uh, abilities, which I appreciate. And I will say um, I, I, I'm digging the art in this one. I think that it had oh, yeah. kind of has a, yeah, it has kind of a retro like eighties, seventies cartoon kind of a vibe to me a little bit, like a little bit of a magic school bus, like old school. Um, So, so I dig it. I dig it. 
Yeah, like I said, it's not bad. It's just like as an artist, it's not like my favorite. But it's, right. uh, that's just me being like, I don't know. I have to say something. <laughs> <laughs> but um, again, that does not take away from the book at all. It's just like if you're used to that sort of like as opposed to the other Gabby Garcia book that I just talked about, um, that style is a lot more like painterly and sort of beautiful and ethereal. And, um, uh, and this is a little more. Uh, like you said, it's a little more of on the retro side, which is fine. Right. Um, I just noticed there's this one in the image of I Can Forgive. There's like this great T-Rex like poster in the background that I had not noticed before, which I love. <laughs> <laughs> just chilling. Uh, I mean, we are, I, we're I'm always like, looking for incidental dinosaur represent, representation. You yes. Know, that's yes, critically important. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. But anyway, yeah, I think it's a great book. I really rec- I recommend both of those books definitely look into gabby garcia's work she does really good work um cool. and then my last book is not by gabby garcia <laughs> um and it's just a really uh, a really short little board book called i love all of me and it's by laurie ann grober and illustrated by carolina Fuzio. um and where where am i i lost my spot oh and it is um uh published by scholastic actually and this was actually something that I stumbled upon at Walmart of all places. Sometimes I look at the books there because they have like discounted books. Um, right. I found this and flipped through it and was like, where did this great little book come from? So I'm actually just going to, honestly, the it'll take me like less than a minute to read this whole book. Um, so I'm just going to read through it. Uh, I love my wiggly toes. I love my smelly nose. I love my blinky eyes. I love my brain so wise. I love my chubby cheeks. I love my scaredy squeaks. I love my legs that run. I love my licky tongue. I love my arms that squeeze. I love my bendy knees. I love my kissy lips. I love my dancing hips. I love my tummy bump. I love my wiggle, my waggle rump. I love my hair all free. I love all of me. So it's just this cute little like rhyming poem uh, about loving all the parts of your body. And I, it's not so much that the I think that the words are, you know, like it's the most amazing thing ever written. Um, but the illustrations to just show um, kids of all different, all different colors, um, which I love even, which I also appreciate that even like there are sort of two different white kids represented and they're different colors, which I appreciate because mm-hmm. not all people are the same color. <laughs> Uh, it's right. not just like they were like oh this is the white kid color and this is the black kid color and this is the Asian kid you know what I mean like mm-hmm. there were these varieties skin tones which I appreciate and honestly my favorite part of this book is that we talk about loving our tummy bump um, which is like I think that tummies are a thing that as we get older we learn to be self-conscious about because of you know the media and pressures that are being put on us outside pressures and I love that we're talking about loving our tummy bump not even just like my flat tummy, but like, I love my tummy. Like your organs are in there. It needs to be a bump. Like, come on, man. <laughs> You're a kid. You're supposed to have a tummy. That's especially. And like, hey, I'm an adult. I also have a tummy. Um, they're important. But anyway, so I really like that representation. That's one of the first uh, times in a book that I specifically like saw them kind of calling out to love your tummy. Um, and I just like the idea of individually uh, this book doesn't really go into it, but I think that you could also be like, hey, like, what are your hands? What can we do with our hands, right? That you that you love, right? We can make art. We could do this. We could do that. We could we could use our hands to do sign language. We could use our hands for eating. We could use right. We could use our hands for all these different things. Or we could, so you could with an older kid, you could sort of expand upon this by saying like, what do you love about each part of your body, right? Not just it, saying I do love them, but why. Um, but I think, I don't know, I just thought it was a cute little book. And the illustrations are really, really uh, awesome. Um, and it's just like a fun little board book for younger kids. Because I think uh, I think we got to start young with this stuff, you know, about loving mm-hmm. ourselves. Yeah. So those were my books. Um, I'm excited to hear about yours. Well, I also have three books that I wanted to talk about today. And... Um, one of two of them are brand new. One of them is so brand new that it actually is not going to be released until October. So this will oh, be wow. a little preview. Um, and the other is a recent release, and the other and the third is um, was published in twenty eighteen, I believe. 
2018. We actually just included it in our Celebrating Body Shift book box. Um, and so oh, I think, yeah, and so I think I'll actually just start there. And so I, I took the kind of the, the self-love, self-care theme and um, did less, I mean, less kind of explicit affirmation books, but, mm-hmm. but two of them are kind of, they are affirmations. They're more poems. Um, and then mm-hmm. this one is a story. So the first one that I want to talk about was published in um, 2018. It was written and illustrated by Cherie Miller, and it's called Don't Touch My Hair. Mm-hmm. I love that book. Yeah. Um, did we already do Don't Touch My Hair? No. We haven't, right? I don't think anything. So. No. Okay. I just cool. I just know of it. Good, good, good. Because then I was okay. I need to like be more familiar with our um with our our air table. Um, okay. Because <laughs> I have been so deeply immersed in this book that it made me think that maybe I had we had talked about it in the Done past. No, okay. I don't think so. The first book that I want to talk about today is written and illustrated by Cherie Miller. It was published by Little Brown in 2018, and it's called Don't touch my hair. And the thing that I love about this book is that it, um, it, it, the, has a foundation of self-love and self-care. And then it is a story about, um, boundaries and consent and kind of the microaggressions that are enacted against, um, black women around their hair. Um, so it kind of, it does a lot and it does it so effectively and has a lot of humor woven in. And I just, I think it's fantastic. Um, And so to give you a sense of what I mean, when I say that it has a foundation of self-love, it begins by saying, um, I'm Aria and this is my hair. I love my hair. It's soft and bouncy and grows up toward the sun like a flower. I love it up or down, styled or wild. I don't care. I just want it to be free. And the thing I love about that is that so much, um, there have been so many um, books that have taken more of a problem stance. You know, we kind of talk about issues. I don't like my hair. Yeah. Like issues books versus kind of incidental representation books. And so many, so many times, so many books have been put out kind of reaffirming for, for, um, black children and children of color that they should love their hair. And I think this, I love that this Mm -hmm. one just starts with that as a a given, right? It is an absolute given that Aria loves her hair. Hair love, hair love is also like that, which I really like that it's like, yeah, look at, like there's a whole, whole couple of pages that are like, my hair could do this, my hair could do that. It could be like this. And I like the one where she's too, like, she's like, my hair is magic. Like one time I was outside and my hair was, you know, all you know tight and then it rained and then my hair was poofy like you know, right was like, and bo- in both ways are 100 fantastic yeah. right yeah. yeah um so i really so, appreciate books that are like that yeah and then so she's walking confidently up down the street and she says actually everyone loves my hair too um when i walk down the street i hear so many compliments um and so that it just starts with that really strong foundation and then it transitions into um Uh, Aria just being very explicit with the reader that like, yeah, people love it and that's great, but sometimes they touch it and I do not like that. Um, And so it moves, then then it starts using humor. She starts, she talks about how she has to do all of these like kind of tricks to avoid people's hands. And then I have to start looking for ways to hide my hair, right? Like these microaggressions are causing her to have to like, you know, put herself under a bushel, right? Um, Mm -hmm. And then it uses humor really effectively. She's like trying to be a kind of trying to be a plant and going under the sea. And of course, a mermaid is like, oh my God, I love your hair. And this octopus is like, like, can I touch it? With all of uh, the (laughs) octopuses, like eight tentacles. Yeah. Um, So there's all of these great, like imaginative imaginative scapes of Aria um, going to the jungle and going to a, a castle and a, a dragon is like, girl, your hair is fierce. And uh, <laughs> so wherever she goes into outer space, uh, the folks uh, that she encounters just want to touch her hair. Um, and then she ends up on a, on a deserted Island and after a while, after a few hours, she gets lonely, which kind of has some interesting, I love the little echo of where the wild things are in that. And that'd be an interesting mm. little, little 
um, something to think about. Uh, and so she heads back, she heads back to shore and on shore, you see the echo of the, the alien from outer space and the dragon and all of the people that have been touching her hair. So this, it's just wonderful the way that um, the foreshadowing and then the way that all of these elements are tied together to kind of blend magical realism with like this fantastical adventure with like the actual experience of these microaggressions. Mm-hmm. It's just very well done. Um, and she, again, someone touches her hair and she... speaks up right so she shouts that's it that's enough don't touch my hair and the person who has just stuck their hand right in it looks like properly mortified and everyone else is kind of like looking askance and then she gives this very powerful speech um this is my hair. It's great that you love it. I love it too. Again, this like foundation of self-care and the self-care that comes from right, um, demanding consent, right? And, 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 and being firm with boundaries. But please just look and don't touch it without my permission. Um, and then there's the denouement where people are being more respectful. And then a child asks to touch it. And she says, um, but if you ask nicely, sometimes I say yes. And there's a little girl who is just so excited to touch her fluffy hair and, and Aria has a big grin on her face too. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so I, I mean, I could just do a full read aloud of this book. It's just, it's just beautifully done. And then there's a little author's note in the back about, um, about uh, Ms. Miller's own experience and, and about the microaggression and, and the importance of boundaries and about the importance of, um, it says, children can learn the importance of asking for permission and of not being afraid to say no and not being afraid to hear no too, right? So hearing no doesn't need to be the end of the world, you know, like, and I think that really, that, um, that makes me think of the, all of the work that needs to be done and the, the messages that we're getting right now about the importance of kind of um, how to own your mistakes when you get called out right? Like how to, how to apologize, how to, how to seek, how you can make amends and to move forward and not center yourself in that apology when you've caused harm. So I think that that it's not super explicit here, but it, it kind of gets to that when she's saying that, that we need to teach children that it's okay to hear no, like it's, or, and it's okay to have made a mistake. It's how you, how you move forward that matters. And I think all of that is, is a part of building up our, our reserves of self-love and, and self-care. Um, yeah, I also yeah. really like that this book talks about microaggressions, which is something that um, for for folks who might not know what a microaggression is, I'll actually share. There's a really, really great video that explains it as like, I don't know if you've seen this one where like the microaggressions are mosquitoes. Mm-hmm. Have you seen this video? Oh, yeah, it's really good. Um, but, but anyway, uh, basically it's this, idea of these these little things like people whether it's intentional or unintentional um you know people continuing to ask can I touch it can I touch it can I touch it and then you know what often happens this is like the same thing for me as a trans person like if I'm constantly getting misgendered or uh you know little things like that where whether it's intentional or not it's still harmful and then a lot of times it ends up with like you see where she kind of she kind of ends up screaming and saying don't touch my hair right which is if you understand the the background, you know, makes sense that she would be upset, right? But a lot of times that's when people will be like, oh, you know, you're just so angry. Like they're not realizing, you're not realizing that like you're dealing with this every day, right? Exactly. Um, these little tiny things. And then that's where it comes from. Like a lot of, a lot of people will, will be like, oh, you know, this group is so angry. Like I get that about being queer a lot. Like queer people are so angry, you know? Um, like yeah because you do all these things to us and then we finally get upset about it and you're like why are you so mad right (laughs) you would just say if you just say it more nicely I I could really I could I could listen to you if you if you just you know changed your tone um but anyway I'll share that video in the show notes that explains that a little bit more succinctly but but yeah I I like that it talks about microaggressions because I don't think that we we talk about that a lot especially with kids right right um Yes. And so I think this book is just absolutely fantastic. I was so excited to run across it um, and to figure out that it was a perfect fit for our, for our kind of celebrating bodies box, because she is um, celebratory of her own body and also the, the role that, that 
establishing and demanding boundaries and respect and consent kind of plays mm-hmm. in that celebration of your body. Um, yeah. And the other, other way to goes for this book, um, there is quite a bit of incidental representation. Um, there, there is a woman wearing hijab. There are people of all different shades. Um, I would say that, let me see. There's someone who is um, using a mobility device. Um, there's maybe not quite as much like explicit kind of body, like size diversity. Um, but, but it doesn't feel, um, it doesn't, that, that's not a glaring oversight in any way. Yeah. Um, it's okay. I feel like we can only focus on one thing and it's like publishers can only focus on one thing at a time. And right now they're focusing on like cultural and racial diversity. And I'm like, you can't do two things at once. Like you can't also like we can't also think about size diversity we can't also think about ability like it feels like we go in steps you know right right a little bit but with some with some, with some exceptions uh, right and course. I think that yeah we, we've been, we've encountered authors and, and illustrators that just do it as a matter of course which is fantastic and mm-hmm. I, I do think that Shereen Iller falls on that end of the spectrum like where it's clear that she's she's being intentional about um including a lot mm-hmm. of different representation um and she is a a, a black woman um, and, uh, is based out of Brooklyn and I just am so excited about all of the, the work that she does. And she's at coily and cute on Instagram. Let me see. Um, she has a great Instagram that I should have written it down. Cute and coily, I think <laughs> is her Instagram handle. Um, coily and cute. So um, Sheree Miller is at coily and cute on Instagram. And and she has a really great Instagram um, with a lot of her art um, and her and her thoughts. So someone to follow. All right. And that is my that's my first book. Oh, room, I, room to grow. Like, honestly, I got nothing. This is a great this is a great book. <laughs> yeah, I, I agree. <laughs> exceptions of maybe like a little bit more of those kinds of representation that we talk representation that we talked about like size representation and ability a little bit more ability representation like I love this right. book exactly <laughs> exactly um and uh even with that right that's us being like super nitpicky because it really yeah. it's already pretty because I mean I, I've said that about almost every book today like we could always do, I think as, a, as like a baseline, we could always do a little bit better with representation. Um, you know, there's, but yeah, it's a great book. Right. I, uh, yeah. Highly recommended. All right. Um, next up, I wanted to talk about um, a book that came out this year, just within the last couple of months. And it's called, it's by, it's written and illustrated by Christian Robinson who um, we are big fans of Christian Robinson's art over here. And I believe that this is his first authored book. I'm, I, I might so. be wrong, but I'm almost positive that it is his first soul. You know, he's the sole creator on this book and it was published by Athenaeum. Um, and Christian Robinson is based in the Bay area um, and oh, just has a lot of you. great, yeah, I think that, I think that he may have been up in the Sacramento area and then has recently relocated to the San Francisco area. So he's local. I'm going to go, I'm going to go do some Christian Robinson stocking. Um, <laughs> at some point, uh, he has great online, like he actually, there's a fantastic read aloud of this story that was put out by PBS kids. Mm-hmm. And there's also some articles uh, that kind of do a tour of his studio and it just looks like the coolest place. So, um, it's very cool. All right. Uh, and so this story, it begins, um, by saying with this great spread of, um, this great image of a black girl, a black child. I, I, to, seems to be female presenting, but I, a black child who is looking into a microscope Right. And so this picture kind of signals um, the STEM theme, this like science mm-hmm. theme that's actually woven throughout this book. Um, and it says the stuff, the small stuff, too small to see those who swim with the tide and those who don't the first to go and the last you matter. Right. Um, I also, and what so I really like about that first illustration is that we see like 
you know, who's coded as a black girl doing science, which is awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I, and so then this story, um, essentially this is like a, like a STEM slash social emotional learning poem. It, so it uses throughout, it uses sciency images to illuminate kind of like self-love and affirmation messaging, which is a really cool juxtaposition. And there's all of these visual, all of this kind of visual humor um, that is humorous, probably most to science nerds. So (laughs) it's just delightful. Um, So after this kind of opening, it moves into a series of um, like there's these little jokes like 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 about like if you're a pest and it shows a mosquito um, when something's just out of reach and it shows these this T-Rex who can't who has, you know, these short stubby arms and has just been bitten yeah. by the mosquito and like can't scratch its own back. Uh, and then there's all of these animals, or at least, you know, other dinosaurs, like fleeing the T-Rex, um, with all of this, all of the, the rhythm of this, this, uh, message that you matter. Um, there's a gassy sun, even if you're gassy and it's the sun, (laughs) like, you know, this giant ball of gas. Uh, Right. So it's just represented. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, and so there it, 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 um, and I should mention it starts, the whole story starts even before the science, the, the, the child with the microscope, you start with a cityscape and then you zoom in Mm -hmm. and you zoom into this child and then way into what the child is seeing under the microscope. And then there is all, all of these like science like kind of visual, a visual wordplay kind of jokes in the first half. And then it transitions to like these urban pictures, like uh, an apartment building, but there's still like a telescope and a plant. So you still kind of get these STEM uh, signals, but there's an apartment building and a busy city crosswalk and then children in a park. But in the, um, I love in the read aloud, Christian Robinson mentions that the, the spread when the, when the children are in the park, there are two children walking a dog in a park. There are two elderly people sitting on a bench and there's this enormous tree. And it talks about like, um, like age and, and growing old. And um, Christian Robinson is actually mm. talking about the tree in that moment, um, which again is like this, this biology kind of like botany science nerd mm-hmm. humor, which I love. Um, and, and then it, um, and then it kind of goes back to, it kind of echoes the beginning. Um, and it, again, it says the first to go and the last the stuff too small to see, you matter. Um, and so the, the whole poem mm. kind of works like a palindrome. And it really takes us on this journey, right? It zooms in and then out and then up into space and back in time. And it begins and ends in a city, like in this urban space where there are children of color doing science and like exploring. So you know, I just love it. It's funny. When I first, um, I saw this book on a lot of, featured on a lot of Instagrams, on like the kids book Instagrams. And uh, when I first read it, I wasn't like super impressed. I was like, okay, like it's fine. And the more you talked about it, the more I liked it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny is I had a really similar experience. Like I went the first time um, because I included it in a specialized order that we did for a preschool Mm. classroom. And oh, the person wanted it for very, the, um, the person who placed the order, we worked to get, develop a book list and they really wanted books that were not super complex and that were not um, mm-hmm. super intense, right? So I had to think about books that had the messaging that we want and the representation that we wanted, but were not, you know, it wasn't something happened in our town, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And this one, you need like a whole discourse to follow. The right, right. Yeah. And so this one, I I included and I read through it and I thought it was delightful, but thin, right? Upon like yes. my first read, um, but the more that I prepped for this recording, kind of the more that I saw in it and kind of yeah, saw these I, layers. 
I never really noticed the science theme until, which is so funny because it's like so obvious now that you say it, but like my first read through, like I sort of thought it was weird. The things they were showing, it seemed arbitrary. And now that I see the overarching, like sciencey, um, you know, uh, kind of thread that it makes a lot more sense. Also side note, um, the word sciencey is dear to me because it just, this is a silly story, but when I was in college, I, or when I was in high school, rather, we went to like a college fair. I went to a college fair with my mom uh, where they, you know, have all the, all the colleges have representatives that show up and they tell you about the college. And there was one college that I just looked at their offerings, lo- looked like the representative straight in the eye and was like too sciencey and just like walked away. And my mom was like, <laughs> you're applying for college and you seriously just used a, ma- a made up word at a college representative. And I'm like, yeah, that college is too sciencey, mom. <laughs> I think sciency is a totally valid add an add a dash y to the end of every any right. word and you have yourself an adjective. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, I, yeah. yeah I, didn't, so, I didn't notice that until you brought it up. Right, and so it um, it actually like bl- like blows up a couple of um, like kind of really subtly blows up a lot of tropes in children's books, right? Like the the focus. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one's a little bit less, I mean, I, I guess uh, the default in the same way that our, the default in our world is like straight white Christian man, right? And like, like <laughs> hetero family with two children kind of, kind of nonsense. Um, we always want to blow those tropes up. And this book does that, but it also, I mean, it doesn't, it actually doesn't it does that, but not as kind of heavy handedly as some of these other books that have all of these great, well, well, yeah, the scenes, the scenes have a lot of representation in them. And the, the, I should mention that even on the cover, um, there is a child, um, who uses a wheelchair. There's a child in hijab. There's a child with glasses. Um, there's, everyone is kind of a different shade. There's a lot of, um, uh, BIPOC representation on the cover, so yes, it does all of that. Like there's a ton of fantastic incidental representation, but what it also is doing is is by setting it in a in a city, um, the default for picture books is often like suburban, right? Like people are often yep. just naturally in single family homes with big yards, and then the children in this in this book just happen to be like in an apartment complex instead, right? And you get that great image of all of the windows and the people, the children doing different things in their windows and different things being mm. set up in windows, like a telescope, like a plant. Um, so again, those echoes of the, of the science and, um, and like you, like you mentioned, and like we, like we brought up at the beginning, um, uh, the first image is, a, a, a what, who appears to be a black girl in, deeply engaged in science which is just representation that is so critically important and something that, again, is not the default that you, that you typically see. So in those ways, there's just a lot of sophisticated um, values being upended and values being instilled through this, this book that upon first glance seems just like a simple affirmation poem. And I love it. Yeah, I love that. And I think sometimes just like I love all of me, sometimes a a little poem is like actually really lovely. Uh, I think that we need to have all different kinds of, of picture books and not, um, not all of them need to be even when we're talking because we talk about a lot of like quote unquote kind of like issues um but even the things that we talk about don't need to be like issue books you know what i mean like you can still talk about a thing through a poem or through a story or through all these different kinds of things and i think i was listening to a podcast recently um the the books decaying podcast which is a new a new podcast about uh children's books that's really wonderful i would definitely check it out but they were talking about how like they also talk about a lot of uh, three hosts talk about um, a lot of the same topics that we talk about in their own, you know, through doing, they do a lot of social justice work and uh, things like that. And uh, they're talking about at the end of the day, like picture books also need to be like fun. Like there are certain books that, uh, you know, you might want to discuss for a topic, but like, that's probably not the book always that the kid is want to is going to want to pull off the shelf. And I think that we need a combination of both of those kinds of books, right? Because we want books that are instilling those kinds of things that a kid is actually going to want to read over and over again, right? As opposed to a book that we're just going to read to have a conversation about something, you know? 
Exactly, exactly. And so both Don't Touch My Hair and You Matter, um, are they both have really profound messaging, but they do it, mm-hmm. they, they get that messaging across in a playful way, yeah. right? So it's not, it, it's not that there's anything less important or less serious or less resonant about about the messages behind this book but the way that they're doing it incorporates a lot of humor um incorporates like both of them you can kind of follow the thread of what's happening in the illustrations like the dog that is lost in one picture is the dog being walked by the children in the next picture like there are there is a narrative thread that um that you can follow and that you can that you can expand upon and kind of keep keep young children engaged, um, in addition to the 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 messaging in the text. Yeah, I, I just think it's great. Yeah, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. Um, and so with that, I would like to talk about my third book, and this is the one that is going to be published in October. And it's actually, um, I, I wanted to talk about it because it is, because we had You Matter come out in, you know, a couple months ago. And now this one is called All Because You Matter. <laughs> um, Not to be and, confused with. <laughs> you Matter, right? Um, and uh, it is written by Tammy Charles, who is a, a, a full who is a former educator and full-time uh, children's book author and has written in a number of different genres like middle grade and picture book mm. and illustrated by Brian Collier um, or Collier um, who, and this book is published by Orchard Books, which is an imprint of Scholastic. And as I said, it's coming out in October. Um, and Brian Collier is a four-time Caldecott honor winner and also has taken home like six Coretta Scott King awards for illustration and also won the Ezra Jack Keats new illustrator award for um, a book. (laughs) Yeah. A book called Uptown, which was the first book that he both wrote and illustrated. Um, So he is a a very, very acclaimed um, illustrator and Tammy Charles is also a prolific author and so, um, Tammy Charles, this, so it's interesting. There's some, there is, there are some major similarities between you matter and all because you matter, but there's also some deviations, which kind of ties into what we're saying, um, about the way a message is presented to, to children. Mm-hmm. Um, so Tammy Charles says, um, there is a, um, there is an afterword in the book that says that it talks about um, her becoming a parent and, and thinking about having the big talk with her son. And she says, I wrote all because you matter to provide parents with a starting point for conversations about the racial climate in our country today. Um, and then she goes on to say also to remind all children, especially those from marginalized backgrounds that no matter where they came from, they matter. Um, and so interestingly, this book also is um, kind of a play on social emotional affirmations and STEM, like and science. Um, oh, wow. it, That's a yeah, which which actually made me rethink even the use of the word matter in Christian Robinson's book because this book is is a little bit more explicit. Um, about kind of everything in its messaging. It says on the first page, Mm -hmm. it begins, they say that matter is all the things that make up the universe, energy, stars, space. If that's the case, then you, dear child, matter. Oh, I love Um, that. Yeah, so like a play on matter in the universe Mm -hmm. and matter. Like, yeah, so I was like, oh. Um, but it, it is interesting that these two books have come out that kind of have this STEM, social, emotional kind of um, juxtaposition and and uh, synergy. Science. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so this book, it's uh, the illustrations are done with, through watercolor and collage, and there's a lot of kind mm. of botanical patterns, and um, it takes the it takes the reader. Um, it's very much a poem kind of to a specific child and we, we meet that child in the text um, and 
um, Tammy Charles goes on to talk about kind of uh, ancestors and the, and the idea that you kind of have always been a part of your ancestors' vision for the future, like like a backpack full of wishes. You always, which again is kind of that idea that matter energy cannot be destroyed, right? Like like you've always been part of their thinking, their dreaming. Um, and so it brings us from a young child reading with their parent into kind of these hypothetical future events where an, an older child is in a classroom being teased. Um, and there's this great picture of a girl. She's in, she's wearing hijab and she has her hand on her cheek and she's breaking the fourth wall, like looking right at the reader with this look on her mm-hmm. face. Like, are you kidding me right now? Um, about being teased <laughs> in the classroom. And it was, it, it's just a phenomenal, it's my favorite picture, I think. I like um, and then it, it talks about this hypothetical event where a grandfather is talking with this, with the child about, um, about the protests and about Black Lives Matter and about police violence. Um, and um, it actually evokes, ev- evokes this moment. It says, um, says their names, Trayvon, Tamir, Philandro, and you wonder if they or you will ever matter. Um, but did you know that you do? Did you know that you were born from queens, chiefs, legends? Did you know that you are the earth, that strength, power, and beauty lie within you? Um, and it, it like, it, it, again, it does this poem where it kind of circles back around and it ends um, with, all because since the beginning of time, you mattered, they mattered, we matter, and always will. Hmm, I love that. Yeah, so it is, um, it is definitely a, uh, I think my, my way to goes for this book is that the the poem, the text itself, is uh, it's very it's profound. But like I've said, these the other te- the other books that I mentioned today also have very profound messaging. This one takes a more solemn approach, right? So it's not a playful book. It's very much like a like a serious and loving and powerful mm-hmm. poem, um, and. Um, and I think that it it touches on very explicitly. It mentions you know names of of folks who have d- died at the hands of police. Um, it kind of shows it, so it opens up conversations. Kind of like you to read it will almost require an explanation, a conversation about yeah. the subjects, kind of in order to understand the poem, right? Mm-hmm. So a child. Um, so it, it is a gateway into those conversations and a jumping off point to those conversations. But unlike Christian Robinson's You Matter, it um, it kind of, it, it isn't, you ha- kind of have to talk about those things. This, this poem uh, takes a more solemn approach. It, and it also opens up conversations about, as the author states in, in the back matter, um, it opens up, it really opens up conversations about the racial climate and about police violence and about the Black Lives Matter movement. Um, and you almost, because this, the poem touches upon these issues and kind of evokes the names of, of folks that have been um, killed at the hands of police, you almost have to have those conversations in order to understand the poem. Um, and so my way to goes and rooms to grow for this book, I would say my way to goes are the the poem itself. Like it's it's it is solemn and calm and powerful, um, and beautifully written. Mm-hmm. Um, and the messaging I think is is very of this time, but also um, universal. Um, so. I think that that it is a very lovely book. Um, and as well as the art as well um, is quite powerful. Like, again, like we've talked about kind of the playfulness and don't touch my hair and the playfulness in you matter. This book is much more solemn, a very rich, um, these very, it 
this watercolor and collage, these um, mm-hmm. very evocative portraits um, of, of this child as the child's growing, but also other other folks in the classroom and in, in the family. Um, very beautiful. I would say my rooms to grow there. I do have a room to grow about the art as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Brian Collier is, is a phenomenal artist, but I would, I will say that kind of uh, something that, as you mentioned, we also want children to have access points to into these stories. Mm-hmm. And this book feels so kind of um, monumental and, and serious that I do wonder for which I think there are definitely many, many children that will pull this off of the shelf um, regularly and want to hear this story, but it is different than the more playful mm-hmm. style and the the illustrations um, have kind of fewer perspective shifts. The illustrations almost all feel like they're on the same plane, like someone's holding a camera and like snapping this picture and then like pivoting and snapping that picture, but all kind of from the same spot. Um, So there isn't that play, even when they, even when there's a picture where they, this imaginative picture that's a little bit more dynamic where the mother and child are, journeying through outer space even that one is sort of like and the cameraman was 20 feet back and snapping a picture as they came by like came through the frame like there's not a lot of variation or dynamism in the illustrations even though they are like rich and and opulent and gorgeous um so they don't necessarily take the reader on kind of a journey Mm. through the Mm -hmm. illustrations like the illustration illuminates what's being said in the text but it is but there isn't a strong kind of juxtaposition between what's happening in the text and the illustration um which again makes this a a gorgeous poem but um might limit the the reason to go to reach for it again and again yeah does that that make does that make sense totally makes sense and I and yes. I, I know that of course I'm bringing my own lens as a reader, and I'm thinking about myself as a child. This is a hundred percent a book that my mother would have had on our bookshelf, but it's one mm-hmm. that she would have read to us once, and one that I might not have gone back to again and again. Even though as an adult reader, I see everything in it that is incredible. Yeah. But that being said, of course, I am one reader, and I am like a white reader, and so the same way that I wouldn't go to it again and again, there is a child who might, might very much want and desire to hear these words said to them every single day. And they, they should be said every single day. Right. So it's interesting because I, when I uh, officially moved to Canada, I went to my parents' house in Texas and I got all of my old, all my stuff that was in their, uh, their barn and basically their storage and I got a bunch of kids books that I used to all the like we saved all the books that I really loved as a kid and I read through some of them recently and I was like why the heck did I like this book like this has <laughs> terrible messaging in it or like this has you know it's just like a, a book about nothing or like like there there were books that I was just like huh like I wonder what drew me to that book as a kid because as an adult right we're looking at things with like in a totally different brain space like we're looking at things with a, you know hopefully with a critical lens and we're like oh this book has such good messaging in this because but then meanwhile your kid might like you know some book that you're like why do you like that one you know what I mean so it, it's so hard to even know to try and uh guess what books kids will be drawn to and that's why I mean that's why it's important to have all different kinds of books with with good representation and good messaging that are some of them are silly books and some of them are serious books and some of them are poems and some of them are story you know to, to have all that diversity um within those different kinds of books so that they can whatever they're pulling off the shelf is still a good book you know exactly exactly and the only reason that and I I definitely don't want to imply that there should be this comparison drawn between you matter and because you matter um except that they are both poems of a similar title that do this this juxtaposition Mm -hmm. of science and social emotional kind of affirmations um so yeah, I'm trying to tease apart if for myself, if one is resonating for me more than another, 
um, for like, like, yeah, like a legitimate kind of like critical book reason or just a personal preference reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do think, I do think that there, there could be more perspective shifts in because you matter or all because you matter mm-hmm. that would give it a little bit more dynamism to kind of, um, I don't want to say break up the intensity of the text. Cause I think the intensity of the text is very critically important and beautiful, but could, could just, um, bring an additional layer to the text that Mm. seems to be, like I said, right now, the, the illustrations like illuminate the text, but they don't necessarily, they aren't necessarily in conversation with the text in the same way that they are in you matter by Christian Robinson. Yeah. So I think the, the moral of the story is just to buy them both. Right. (laughs) yep oh my gosh yeah i i um this is a tangent but i recently there's a publisher that we really that we talk about decent amount that i really like called imagination press um and they're actually in affiliation with the american uh psychiatric no not psychiatric uh what am i psychological thank you um right i'm not making that up yeah, the APA, yeah. the American Psychological right. Association. Thank you. I couldn't, I wanted to say society. I don't know why I was like, that's not right. Um, <laughs> thank you for helping me. Uh, but they, um, but I, I recently just went on their website and bought like five books. <laughs> I was just like, I don't need to do this, but I want to. <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh, they're so good though. Um, and we're going to talk about them in upcoming episodes. So. Oh, good. Stay tuned, but definitely just go on their website and check out their books. They're so good. Yeah. And they're cheaper and just, if you buy them from them. <laughs> oh, right. And buy just buy more books, people. Don't, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that buy Don't Touch My Hair, buy both You Matter and All Because You Matter and do a little, <laughs> do a little Venn diagram and you can dissect them and you can also use them as a jumping off point to talk about Black Lives Matter and, and white supremacy. And you can also just use them as, as great affirmations for, for your children. Yeah. I think something that's really interesting too that they were talking about in the Books Again podcast was like t- evaluating your bookshelf and sort of seeing where the needs are. Um, yeah. You know, what you have books about, what you don't have books about, and you know who's being represented in your books, and um, you know, and I think filling those holes is really important because, like, like yeah. uh, you know, we were saying before, it's that way your kids have lots to choose from, and whatever they're choosing from is good. <laughs> Exactly. And uh, interesting, you mentioned that, Seth, that's actually a service that we provide through a shift book box. Just you can mm. find it on our website under books and more on uh, shiftbookbox.com. Yeah, we, we do that. We will help you do a book audit of your shelf and create. That's so cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, create a tailored <laughs> book list. Um, it is a service that we that we offer. Yes, yes. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. We we have a similar um for Ragehall podcast. There's this. I honestly, I'm so sorry, listeners. I forget what tier it is, but one of our tiers we also do um on our uh, Patreon, uh for monthly donations. We also do personalized book recommendations as well. But, oh, uh, very cool. Yeah. So so we have similar. Look at us. We're doing similar. It's so surprising that we're doing similar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> shocking. <laughs> shocking. Oh my gosh. <laughs> But anyway, look at that. So you've got so many resources to be able to diversify your bookshelf. <laughs> exactly. Um, but anyway, thanks for joining us today. Um, yeah. We'll talk about self-love and self-care, and we'll see you again next week, or I guess in two weeks. Yeah, thanks, everybody. Thanks, thanks for listening. <laughs> Thank you, Seth, Sorry. for always bringing good books. And remember, stay rad.